White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you are watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure to tune in. everyone and welcome to South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel. I'm joined by all my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking Vinny Parisi, Chris Gonzalez, Steven Zim, Zimmerman. Gentlemen, happy Monday. We're back at it. Uh, not the greatest day for the White Sox, but we have some fun stuff to talk about as opposed to the baseball, but we will still talk about the baseball. Vinny Parisi, what have you heard about Michael Kopech, if anything? Um, knee soreness. We saw him deal with that earlier in the season, and he didn't miss a start. He had some some stuff cleaned out, a little procedure back when that happened. What was it, like a month and a half, two months ago? It was pretty midsummer when it happened, and he didn't miss a start. Obviously, the start got pushed back a little bit. He didn't play in that game, and then the same thing kind of happened today, except they, for whatever reason, allowed him to go out there and make 19 pitches to start the game. It was just a, a strange scene at, you know – Kansas City today, but all we're hoping for in the end is that Michael Kopech is okay because he's been one of the best arms in the rotation this season for the White Sox. If you take out his 
three or four worst starts of the season, he's amongst the best pitchers in baseball, really. I mean, he's got a low ERA if you take out a couple of his worst starts. And there are a lot of pitchers who you could say that for. Like, that's just the sign of a young pitcher. But hopefully he gets back healthy sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I think we all feel the same about that. Michael Kopech's a big piece of this puzzle, and hopefully he's okay. Uh, the boys still managed to almost come back. Elvis Andrews with a huge day. Uh, that's about it offensively. But uh, Elvis came. Elvis was in the building. Uh, big signing since last time we had a show. Uh, definitely helps fill this Tim Anderson gap right now. I mean, hey, something. Something's got to give. But these, we have to beat teams in our division. We have to beat teams that are not as good as us. And, Vinny, we get the way better than expected Baltimore Orioles coming up. Uh, Zim, this Orioles team has been overachieving, especially after trading some key pieces. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of worried about that. Uh, why wouldn't you be? The Sox have underperformed all season long while the O's have overperformed performed i mean like you said i not much to uh be optimistic about this week unfortunately <laughs> the only o word yeah. i think we're gonna hear this week is orioles oh maybe maybe o in terms of how many wins they get against them but for, forgive uh, my pessimism but uh they're just weird. look at the team we are very optimistic. Gonzo, do you have any uh, good vibes coming right now, or do you feel the same way? You know, I was really hopeful with at least grabbing a win on the road in Kansas City. Um, it all went, I didn't even get to watch the game, but seeing what happened in the very first inning with Michael, uh, it's the last thing you want to see. Um, I mean, we'll get to that later. But I feel a lot better at least going into tomorrow with Dylan Cease taking the ball with game one in Baltimore. feel a lot better with him on the mound um, just to catch up and uh, hopefully he can grab a W and get the week rolling because we have Orioles and the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks at home. So, if, if I mean, if we're going to face the Orioles, at least, at least Sox are better on the road. So, um, but this is what we claim that soft part of the schedule. So these boys better get rolling. There's a month left of baseball to play. Um, if they actually want to win as the talent on the paper says they should, they need to get rolling. Um, they're three games back. It's time to make up some ground and get ahead of Cleveland. Yeah, that's just, this division stinks. <laughs> Everyone stinks. Whoever wins this division, 99% sure will be knocked out in the first round. Uh, unless the Sox magically catch fire and, and they get that magic potion, whatever that is. Uh, but, you know, I guess I sound like a bit of a magic beans kind of guy, like Jack and the Beanstalk. But I know. like Cleveland. I like the White Sox, too. The White Sox have underperformed. Cleveland has the youngest roster in the league with the, one of the lowest payrolls, and they're, like, this impressive. Like, to me, that's, like, the sign of a good, healthy organization that pumps out pitching like nobody's business. I, I, I think Cleveland – they're a year ahead of schedule and they have one of the best players in the league in the middle of their lineup, torching everyone And this. Quan is amazing. And we know how good their rotation is. Uh, the White Sox had a good matchup against them on Sunday rained out. I think that definitely favored them because Savale Savale is like a, he kind of reminds me of like 
what Kopech can be. Like he's got really good stuff. And then every now and then he just gets hit around or like Lucas Giolito is a great example of how I see Savale. Like, you know how good he can be. It's just sometimes he's not always there. So his ERA is in, uh, in flux, like higher than it should be. So I don't know. Cleveland is a really good team. I think Minnesota's fake news though. Got a great comment from Justin, of course. Rosario is underrated. AF. Well, there's a lot of players that are underrated. What does AF mean? As. As heck. I'm totally joking. I know what it means. <laughs> I know. I act like I've never sworn on the show before. I, I, I have. Surprise. I got pissed. Who did I get pissed off at? Oh, Tony, last week. Yeah. Your mom, yeah, your mom told me it was okay. Benny's mom said it was okay for me to swear. So I, yeah. I did it. What's up, Justin? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Um, all right. So why don't we just keep it fun and lighthearted before we talk the rest of the baseball? Uh, I had a pretty cool, pretty cool experience this past Thursday. You know, the White Sox invited me to a food tasting for some of the new items in the park. And they have some new stuff that was available as of last homestand. It'll be available the rest of the season. And uh, there was a handful of really cool stuff. Um, let me see if I got some photos here. I know I do. There might be a video later if it if it uploads, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll work with the photos. But um, So first off, it was the ballpark food preview in the Lining Google Craft Lodge. For those of you unfamiliar, that is... Oh, I just went through Zim. I just heard the little sound in my background. So you should be getting it at some point that we can play it maybe. Um, but it was in the craft lounge, which is formerly the bullpen bar, formerly the craft cave. Uh, yes, I did indulge in a gumball head while I was down there from three Floyds. It was very good. But uh, it was a cool, cool event. And yes, Zim is working on it in the background, but I will lightly preview it beforehand. Um, but there's tons of cool new items available in the park. You know, some of the highlights. Uh, well, first off, they had a beautiful spread. Let me pull up a photo before I play the video. Uh, let's see here. Check this out. I mean, you got it all in the line in Google in the background. That's the chicken and waffle fries. And, and this was a little thing that I realized during the event is that it's chicken and waffle fries, not chicken and waffles fries, but the waffle fries with chicken on top. You know what I mean? Like a waffle fry in the restaurant. Yeah, I know. I was a little confused, but it was good. It's It looks awesome. That would have confused me too, to be honest with you. Yeah, it took a minute for me, and I realized I'm like, okay, this is more my speed than actual chicken and waffles, so it was good. Then we got the little barbecue parfait, which, Vinny, I can tell right away you would go nuts for this. It's pulled pork with mashed potatoes in between it's just delicious yeah i really like about it later i really like mashed potatoes and i really like pork as a meat so definitely calling my name for sure yes and then as Vinny previewed last week to me these bona beef bites were outstanding this Vinny was as you said a, an arancini rice ball filled with Italian beef, jardinier, and then you had some red sauce to dip it in. 
And cheese, uh, right? There's definitely some cheese in there of some sort. There's definitely some cheese of some sort in there. Yeah, um, they're very, very good. I believe there are select locations of Bona Beef where you can go get them at the restaurant. So they're they're definitely tasty for sure. Yeah, yeah. those were the things. Like from all the stuff that you showed us, those were the things that I was most excited to like get my hands on next time I'm in town. So here's a look on the inside. Yeah, there's definitely cheese in there. So you got the rice ball, little Italian beef, jardinier, delicious, all highly, highly, highly recommended. And then the one that I was really looking forward to, the Euro nachos. Man, that was dynamite. And Vinny, one thing too, most of these items will be available in the Vizzy View Bar. Not all of them, but most of them. Like the Euro nachos and the pork chop sandwich, if I could find it. The Euro nachos are available in the Vizzy View Bar. Let me go back and confirm. Yes, that is correct. That's really good to know. I will be at the game on Saturday against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I fully intend on indulging in some Euro nachos. There you go, buddy. I'm trying to find the pork chop sandwich, but I don't know if I had I uploaded that photo or not. Well, it's okay. Zim, is that video ready by chance? Uh, I'm working on it. Uh, it should yeah, be ready fine. soon. But... That's fine. I'll let you keep working on it in the background. But uh, it was really awesome to be able to be invited to a cool event like this. There's a lot of other influencers there, you know, taking photos and eating all the delicious food. Um, I tell you what, though, I my two favorite items, shocker to everyone in the world, is the Euro nachos. Vinny, as expected, they slapped really hard. Those pita chips, I uh, got a little bit of a, like a Greek, they called it a, a Greek pico on it with like, you know, cucumbers and feta and tzatziki and you name it, really good stuff. And those rice balls, those uh, the bona beef bites are excellent. Those will be in section 162. And let me see if it says what else. Uh, I lied. They're going to be on the 300 level in the club. So, sorry, everyone, if I just totally ruined your day, but they are excellent. And uh, I'm trying to remember what all the sections are here. There you go. So, the parfait, you can get in the smokehouse in section 101. Uh, they do have a little paletas cart, like a little uh, you know Mexican ice cream truck cart. Very cool. And uh, highly recommend the ice cream from there. And... Yeah, another couple minutes or so, I'll be able to play. We'll be able to play that video for you. But guys, any questions that you have about this? Uh, because it was a kind of really cool event that I thought there was going to be like 20, 30 people, or at least 40, 50 people. You know, there was maybe like 15 people there. So I kind of felt super exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I noticed there were some notable people there. I have to ask that was the game where the White Sox got shellacked 21 to 5. Did you stay? No, <laughs> I did not. I don't usually leave games early, but I'm also, I was also moving. I had to go pick up a trailer, so it kind of helped that they were getting smoked. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. Vinny, I left in the bottom of the second. <laughs> I mean, they were already getting killed a thousand yeah. or nothing. So. I was going to say it was like 10-0 at that point. So, <laughs> Full disclosure, you, you might be equal to me with your Sox fandom, but you're not more than me. 
and I switched and I was like, I'm watching something else right now. Like I'm throwing this on the computer. I forget what I threw on. I put it on my computer so I can like someone made a sick play. Uh, AJ Pollock robbed a home run. Like that was awesome. I was able to see that out of the corner of my eye just in case something weird happens that I got to like post about. But like, why? It's 15 to nothing, 16, nothing, whatever. That, no. Uh-uh. Well, all right. We're going to take a whirl and see if this video works. And gentlemen, if it doesn't work, you can just tell me in the background and I'll turn it off. But we're going to give it a whirl here and see how this goes. Zim, thanks for putting this together. Um, let's let's see what happens. Let's give it a whirl and take a look at the White Sox food preview event that, from last week. Thank you, Zim, for getting that to work. Yeah, but guys, it, it, there was some really quality options there, man. That was that the ballpark is really elevating their food. Look for anybody who's on the audio version, you know, hasn't caught up with us on YouTube or whatever reason. First off, have a snack, and then catch that video back on YouTube because it just that that all looks so good. I'm so glad I just had dinner because I'm still salivating about it. But like, it at least saved me from sitting here thinking about just eating for the rest of the show. So, hey, Vinny, did you see the size of that pork chop? Oh, yeah, dude. I was, I was, the reason I laugh is because, like, I like discussing food, even though, like, every time I do, it cracks me up a little bit just to get, like, in-depth analysis on food as if it was a baseball game. I love it. I could have a whole food podcast where I just discuss the intricacies of certain things. But, like, the look you had on your face while you were watching that guy explain the food and like knowing you were about to just dive into all of it, it made me so happy. That was the hungriest face you could possibly have. And I greatly appreciate it. And while you, like it was filming like the different food without anyone talking, I was going to ask like, Joe, were you like a film, a food photographer, you know, before your current job or doing this podcast? Because that was like some professional stuff. The way you like went up and down, up and down, like that was amazing. You, I want you filming my food. Well, you don't want me filming <laughs> your food because I, I didn't film that, Vinny. Oh, okay. That's my that's all my wife, baby. <laughs> okay, well, shout out to her food filming abilities. Yeah, I started doing it, and she kind of looked at me. And she's like, I got this. <laughs> okay, well, she, I understand she the typical, why. You know, I, 
I don't mean to be stereotypical, but like, Joe, you get it. We start doing something and, you know, your wife, your girlfriend, whoever. Hang, I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, you were probably doing. Listen, if that's the final. But she product, did a great job. Like, right. You must have been doing a bad job. So she was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> She's just really good at that stuff. I mean, my stuff, it would have been average, but she, you know, A plus. At any rate, all that food looked wonderful. Those Euro bites in the video look so much better than the picture you took for whatever reason. Like the nachos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the the way he described that Greek pico too. Like that sounds really interesting. I'm not a huge olive fan, but I would be willing to try that. Making yeah, it wasn't over. Go ahead. I'll just say it wasn't overly like hit you over the top of the head with olives. It was, you know, just enough. So I, I really enjoyed it. You know, the they were sitting out making... for a while. No, go ahead, Vinny. I was just going to say the idea of making pico out of like ingredients that aren't atypical pico ingredients and calling it the nationality of whatever it makes the most sense with. I love that. Like, when are we going to let's make some Italian pico? Where's the Mex- well, Mexican pico? I guess is the OG pico. Like, <laughs> wh- where's the French pico? Like, I'm trying to have pico of all different kinds of food let's go greek pico i'm so in i'm that is 100 percent the food i'm getting on saturday there is no yeah. doubt in my brain yeah go in the busy view bar you can get that and they also have that big giant pork sandwich that's also in the busy view bar and i tell you what they had the miniature version of it the sample that pork sandwich was awesome and of course you know they're trying to make a riff on the maxwell street pork chop sandwich and you know, they did a pretty damn good job. The, the sandwich is like the size of my face, so I'm pretty sure it's probably like a $30 sandwich, but it'll probably be really good. I, I know it will be. Wow. Uh, but uh, the chicken and waffle fries were also good. You know, that was a little bit more, more basic, you know, but I think everyone going to the game, like if you really want fries and you want like chicken tenders that are, well, I don't think a tender is probably a stretch. It's more like a nugget, you know. Think of it as like McDonald's nuggets on top of really good waffle fries with the drizzle of like, I don't know, it's almost like a sweet and sour slash barbecue drizzled over the top. It was solid. It was very solid. I should probably pick up the oh. post photos of the things as I talk about I was, them. I was wondering what that sauce was. So, okay. It looked like and it sounds like it's just real similar to your um, – the original flavor open pit. It's a little sweeter than that. Zen. It was almost, okay. it was almost like a sweet and sour meets barbecue, you know? Interesting. Interesting. Do you get, do you get like an Asian vibe from it? Like an Asian zing? Yeah. Or yeah. Or a little like bit. Yeah, that was good. Uh, here's the pork, pork chop sandwich, by the way, Vinny. No, that looks terrible. Definitely not my kind of sandwich. Yes. Head to the busy view bar. I wanted to eat that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> And obviously the little barbecue parfait. That was a solid option too, by the way. You find the big picture of the barbecue parfait because. I'm really glad that you had the opportunity to go do this because now we see like where Jerry's money is going, considering it's clearly not going to the product on the field. (laughs) So at least, at least we now know. And like, look, it looks like it's going to be a really good experience for anybody like us who wants to go to the park and just chow down all day. You know, it, it gives us something good at the end of the day after the White Sox get shellacked 21 to 5 by the Astros. 
a competent right fielder that's not a career center fielder or a career left fielder or first baseman or delicious bona beef (laughs) bites and some outstanding Greek Pico. I think we're taking the outstanding Greek Pico. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that, you know, depending on the day, some of the people in that little lining Kugel bar area might actually be the best right fielder in right field. (laughs) (laughs) That guy explaining to Joe what was on those, Euro nachos. He could shag some fly balls. There's no hey, doubt about it. Guarantee that guy doing his job out there. He was the most competent guy in right field that day. That's for yes, certain, without question. <laughs> yeah, he made me. I went back. Like they're they're like, oh, the event's ending, and I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, you know, go grab whatever food you want. And I'm like, all right. And there was like no one else getting food, so I grabbed like six of those bona beef bites. And you know, my wife and I just gobble them down. They're so good, man. They're uh, seriously. I, I, it's I'm I'm a little upset that they're only in the club level. Like they have to find a way to get them into the main park. But I mean, they're just unbelievable. So if you're staying on the club level, uh, definitely, definitely grab those because they are the real deal. <laughs> and I, I mentioned Jerry, the. Go ahead. I was gonna say this is how Jerry gets his money back. Because his money's being spent, just not efficiently. But now he's efficiently getting fair. that money back. This this is how he's going to fund the next generation of mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> and as I mentioned, there was also a uh, paletas cart, which will be apparently it's multiple points of the the year, kind of rolling through the outfield, and you can stop and get uh, you know a little. I got a strawberry ice cream bar. Very good, very refreshing. They had a couple of different flavors. Uh, it wasn't really pretty to take a picture of, so I didn't take a picture of it. But the cart looks cool. Uh, very, very cool event. And who turns down free food? Absolutely no one. PZ, I, I certainly did not. You know that's a good point. I bet you're. You know when nobody else is taking the food, you you know you kind of got to let your shame fly out the window and just take it and like. I know. I don't know about you. I'd have been kicking myself if I hadn't worn cargo shorts. You know, c- carry a little extra out the door on my way. <laughs> yeah, that that's not suspicious at all. Walking out of the the former <laughs> bullpen bar with pockets full of you know greasy bone of beef bites just dripping well, out of your pockets. The trick is you got to line your pockets with wax paper before you go. Right. It's a it's a trick I learned. I don't remember what TV show it was. Some TV show oh. I watched when I was younger. He, well, where would I put lined. my pocket dog? Or maybe it was uh maybe it was uh Brooklyn 99, I want to say. I don't know. Line the inside of your coat pocket with tin foil and uh and wax paper so you can hold an extra know, sandwich in there. I know Rafi on the league also put a hot dog in his pocket all the time. Yeah, that's where I got that. You just you gotta keep it there. And Justin is hungry after the segment. I am also very hungry now because of this, so Huh. It was really cool. Major thanks to the, the White Sox, Sheena Quinn and, and Colin, the folks in White Sox PR, for giving us the invites. Uh, they Gentlemen, they said that they really appreciated us having White Sox PR on a year and a half ago last season, and we're, we're going to hopefully get something together again with them again. But uh, they they put on a heck of an event. It was an honor to be uh, invited to represent the South Burbs Sitman. I wore my hat, as you guys saw. And uh, I, I believe Beef Loaf was there, but by the time I turned around, he was gone from the 108. So uh, 
I didn't even get to say hi to him because he was there with his kids. And oh, I didn't recognize anybody else. But when you bring up beef loaf, it makes me think of that complete moron, my sock summer, for writing a blog, a hit piece on me for calling me basic, thinking the White Sox need to hit more home runs. What's going on, my sock summer? You still don't think the White Sox need to hit more home runs? Yeah. Until until he writes an apology anti-hit piece, the White Sox are going to continue to suck at hitting home runs. Yeah. Hey, White Sox uh, currently on streak to have their lowest home run total season since 1990. How's yep, that? They're, they're, there you go. They're decent in run scored and batting average. Twenty fourth in home runs, like that. Just it's one it's of the terrible. weirdest seasons in the history of any major league team. I mean, they are in danger of finishing the season without a single player hitting twenty home runs. I mean, they don't even have anybody close right now, do they? I think the closest is like Abreu with sixteen or something like that. Yeah, literally. I know. I know who's not gonna watch Elvis Andrews lead the team in home runs now the rest of the year. <laughs> now that would be the that would be the ultimate stat. And by uh, the way, it I is Jose Abreu with fourteen, not sixteen. Excuse me. Don't want to uh, don't want to give too much credit yeah. here. I do have to highlight a great comment from Joe in the chat, and this is not me, by the way. This is another Joe saying, "Put Ziploc bags in your pockets, man." Uh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I should have. I really should have. That could bring some soup too. I could drink soup out of a bag. I should have just put some of that red sauce in a Ziploc bag, Vinny. That red sauce was so good with those, with those uh, bone of beef oh, bites. Beef? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like I don't know what's in it, but the sauce itself was dynamite. Everything was. Now I'm so hungry. Now why did we do this? Great idea, Sam. Great idea. Now I'm starving. Hey. I ate dinner before the show. I can't help it. So did I. So did I. Well, you should have had a bigger dinner. Uh, I might, I might nibble on something after the show ends, but, but no, it was a lot of fun. Any, uh, you know, uh, hopefully next time they do it, you know, we can get a group of us to go, you know, it just worked out perfectly on a day that I, I had to go pick up. Well, by the way, everyone knows I'm moving. I had to go pick up a moving trailer and they called me the morning of the day that we're going to the game. And they're like, Hey, the one that you had is gone, but you got to go to this location in Chicago. And it's like two minutes from the park. So I uh, went to the game and picked up my trailer and moseyed on home and did a whole lot of moving this weekend. So it's a full circle. At least I had a full belly, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's all that you should need to take away out of that. Like you had a full belly, you ate delicious food, you had a good time. And we never need to talk about the actual game that was played on the field that day ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the fact that, you know, I think we all are very underwhelmed. I don't think there's much more we have to say besides that. It's very frustrating. I know Zim, I'm not Zim. I know Vinny, you're, you're a big Gilito fan and we know what he can do. Um, but man, is it frustrating to see him pitch right now? I mean, you can be a big Lucas Giolito fan for what he's done. Like for some reason, for they, sure, people have people have turned on him in ways that they don't necessarily turn on other pitchers. Like I wrote that tweet from Southside Showdown listing the probables for the week, and one of the comments was, "Well, I know we're getting shelled on Wednesday." Well, 
you know, how come we don't we didn't say that about Lynn when he was struggling or like when Cease was struggling early in his career? Nobody assumed they were going to get killed and Cease starts. It must be like Giolito's face or something like people just they have an issue with him for whatever reason. The man was elite until this year. He was the ace of the staff until this year that like just look at the numbers. And, you know, last year he had a rough like beginning patch to the season. But from May to I would say like September, he was outstanding. And then he had the bad playoff start, of course, but everyone had a bad playoff start. Well, yeah, and he finished top 10 in Cy Young voting again for like the second or third straight year. Like, it was the third year in a row. I think he finished yeah. 11th, but like same exact thing. Like He earned the opening day start for this club again for the third straight year. Like it exactly. is what it is. You want to you wanna poke holes through some of the things like we can be as negative as we want about whatever we want. But at the end of the day, like we need to keep in mind the reasoning behind it all. <clears throat> and I know I get just as caught up in it as anybody. I, I'll be the first one to admit it, but we often forget, like we are putting these guys or we hold these guys to a high standard because they've shown us that they can do it. We wouldn't hold them to this high standard if we didn't believe in them at some point. And that's what makes it frustrating when, you know, as Chicago sports fans in general, not even just as White Sox fans, but as Chicago sports fans in general, it gets really frustrating when we have these guys who do really well and then they suddenly fall off a cliff. And sometimes they return to form and sometimes they don't. But like Jay Cutler got killed as a quarterback for this team for throwing too many interceptions when realistically he had a couple of seasons where he threw a lot of interceptions. But generally speaking, he was around league average. Right. But because we Chicago sports fans expect so much from our team, from our athletes, that that's that's what we want to see at the end of the day. You know, we we think that the Bulls are a crap team right now. A, a lot of us casuals, I'll say, you know, a lot of the diehards think that they're true competitors right now. But the reason we think that they're not that great of a team, that they're more pretender than contender is because of the Derrick Rose years. It's because of the uh, Michael Jordan era, you know. We expect greatness and we're seeing the same thing out of the Sox right now. They let us down after the last two years and we want to see them return to form and it's frustrating right now. So we're going to take out that frustration on them, whether it's fair or not, we're going to do it. And Cease and Kopech have always had higher ceilings than Giolito, but Giolito was doing it on the field in front of our eyes while the other two were still kind of like trying to figure it out. Dylan Cease didn't turn into what he is until about, I would say, September, late, early August of last year, we started to like really see what Dylan Cease can become. Uh, Giolito, he's having a bad year, but even in the best years for all three of them, I think he's the like he's the lowest of the three. He's the number three going forward, like because Kopech and Cease have such a higher ceiling. PZ thinks that he's tipping his pitcher. See, to me, Giolito's the least likely pitcher on the White Sox staff to tip his pitches because he kind of holds the ball. This is like a little pool ball that I like squeeze while I'm doing the show. Um, I'm a weirdo. He like holds it behind his head and like he kind of grips it almost like a shot put when he's throwing it until he releases it. To me, that's Giolito. He's not really the most likely to tip his pitches. For me, the biggest issue with Giolito so far this season has been velocity. His fastball is down like three or four ticks, and it is so hard to work your changeup off of your fastball when they're that close in velocity. His changeup is fine, but it's not effective because his fastball is not going 97 miles an hour or faster. And so how do you fix that? Is he injured? Did the muscle mass that he put on impede him? Is something else going on? What, like the White Sox have all the tools to develop pitching. That's the one thing this damn franchise has been good at in the last 
two decades plus. So th- that to me, the velocity thing is the reason I kind of think Giolito comes out of it. I'm not sure it's going to happen this season. I think we're too far gone. There's not enough time. Like you might see a different Giolito next year than we see this year. But look what happened to Reynaldo Lopez. What's making sure. him effective this year? Do you watch the game today? He had a six strikeout because he was able to get the ball to 98 miles an hour, whiffed it right by him. Strike three, you're out. If Giolito can make the same adjustments, because Reynaldo Lopez went from great to trash, to great again. I know he had that one bad start or that one bad relief appearance against the Tigers on Friday. Ronaldo Lopez had a great season. And Giolito can do that. I believe he can. Who knows if he goes through a little bit of a lull at some point. It's possible. Same thing with Kopech. You know, Lynn had a tough start to this year. Every great pitcher goes through it. Giolito needs to make the necessary adjustments to get out of it. And I think Giolito's timing is very bad because of the whole thing with his contract that went on at the beginning of the season with arbitration sure. and, that, and that's always going to make people oh this guy this is the guy that wants 200 million he ain't going to get anything trade him right now you know that's always going to leave a sour taste in people's mouth but when giolito if giolito gets back to being a pretty dang good number three where he'd be a number two on most teams i think i do think that's possible i'm not saying it's guaranteed but it's possible sure. well gonzo let me ask you this since you know, is the sticky stuff anything to do with this? And I know a lot of everyone here feels a little differently about it. Uh, does does it affect it to you at all, Gonzo? Because we all know Josh Donaldson chirped about that, and um, we chirped about a lot of stuff. But Gonzo, where do you fall on, on the sticky stuff? Well, Giolito relied heavily on his changeup. Um, could the sticky stuff have made that much of an impact to make that single pitch as tremendous as it was? Possibly it's also comfort for Giolito on how he was used to gripping that changeup if he relied on that substance. Um, if you look at his advanced metrics with his four pitches this season, they're all average, and the changeup's actually less than average. Um, so, yeah, Giolito's going to have to figure it out. Um, you saw what Cease did. Cease made what was a great, uh, a good slider beyond great it's the best pitch in baseball um according to the metrics um it's in what i just had it in front of me that eric posted some great pitching uh metrics of the pitches with with uh geo and cease past couple days um but that's what gilio's gonna have to do he's gonna have to figure out how he can get because right now baseball's figured it out they're just you know, laying off of that changeup and going after his fastball because everything's average right now. Um, and he's going to have to figure out what he can possibly do to get ahead of the, the hitters right now. Um, me personally, I mean, depends on what pitching options are out there this offseason. We're about to find that out. Um, I would go elsewhere. I'd, um, I'd let Giolito go or trade. Honestly, I would want to trade him, get some value for him. Um, I feel like you can get better value. Yep, I think we lost Gonzo, but he'll be back. Uh, Vinny, while Gonzo continues his thoughts, he'll be back at some point. But what are your thoughts on uh, – you got a strong reaction when I said the sticky stuff, and I just was curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, the – timing of it i guess it lines up 
but his numbers got better after sticky stuff last year. If you look at his games from June forward, he was a significantly better pitcher than April to June of last year. And so, and he clearly, every pitcher used it. Otherwise they were getting what a 10 game suspension. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I do understand why like the casual people would think that like, Oh, Giolito and you know, Josh Donaldson, it's not sticky anymore. And then cease shoved it up his hoop later. But I just, I don't see it that way because of the fact that his statistics got better from sticky stuff moving forward last year. Now this year, I can't explain. Sticky stuff doesn't help you. I, it doesn't help you throw it. Hard. I guess it could help you throw it harder, but I don't know. It can, yeah. if you can get more rotation on the ball, but that's about yeah. it. it. You're not going to see a consistent, you know, two to three mile per hour drop off. Like we have with him this year, you might see a mile per hour here and there. Agreed. Um, I don't know. It seems it seems coincidental. I think it's a good thought, Joe. I definitely think you're right to bring it up. I just don't think that it necessarily holds any weight. Um, it, it might be something that affects a guy for a month or two, you know, but I don't see it being something that affects you this long. No other pitcher has had this kind of drop off like that. Yeah, at least not this dramatic. There's one guy I think had like a serious issue once the sticky stuff was taken away. Garrett Dallas Cole. Keuchel. Oh, yeah. Dallas Keiko, that's actually a great point. He completely fell off from that point forward. He had a good start to last season. Yeah, he, he really he did. Like seven and two. It was like post All Star break last year. And ever since then, it Dallas makes you think. Keuchel, Dallas Keiko, more than any pitcher in the White Sox rotation in the last five to 10 years, relied on movement and pinpoint location more than power. The White Sox love power pitchers. Rodon can throw 100. Giolito can throw 100. Kopech can throw 100. Cease can throw 100. Quintana Quintana was on that same level with Keiko. I guess it's him and Keiko. I forgot about Quintana. But, you know, I, it, the proof is right there for Keiko. Giolito, there's an argument to be made either way. Yep, and Gonzo, we lost you before, but if you want to finish your thought... Yeah, with the metrics on Giolito, the best run value is currently his fastball at negative seven, slider negative one, curveball negative three, and changeup is flat out zero right now. Um, so his changeup is still his best pitch. <laughs> it's not saying no, no, no. The negatives, that. the negatives is oh, negatives good. That's right. Yeah, gotcha. zero Sorry. is his worst, and that's the changeup, which was his what he relied on. Um, so if his fastball is his best pitch, it's just that much. Heat. I mean, you shouldn't be in the, in the big leagues if you can't hit a fastball, um, especially one that is decreasing in velocity with Giolito. Um, he's got to figure out what he can, if, if his changeups is, is his worst, worst pitch, but that's what he relied on. And at the moment, the curveball is his second, his best secondary uh, pitch so does he go more at the curveball i mean only if he's comfortable with getting that you know borderline to a strike but with that much movement in the big leagues i mean it's not something you want to play with because you don't want to you know hang your curveballs either so yeah and your slider is negative one's not great either it's he's in a tough position um he needs to mess with the grips get a grip that he's comfortable with um 
but to do that in a single season, yeah, that's why I don't feel like it's going to be there. Um, again, he's in a tough situation, um, especially during a contract year. I'm sure a lot of this is mental too, um, or at least for him trying to get an extension. Um, yeah, feel for the guy, but that's how it is. It's business, and it's his job to figure it out. Yeah, hopefully he figures it out sooner than later, gets us at least to the playoffs. But, you know, I know we'll see what happens there. Everyone everyone, uh, kind of hard on Gio. As Vinny said, it feels like they're extra extra critical this year. But uh, hopefully he can bounce back. Um, for some reason, I'm being blamed for this. I don't know exactly what I did. <laughs> but uh, it's probably because I've had a terrible streak of all my games I go to, they lose. Uh, I am like... 0-3 this year, so I guess I should just not go to any more games. It's been a rough couple of years for you, man. <laughs> I had a losing record last year, and they won 93 games, and I have a winning record this year, and they'll be lucky to hit 85. Baseball. Yeah, so it's weird. So, so what Vinny's saying is it's not my fault. And they had a bad... They have a bad home record this year too, and I've I haven't been to a road White Sox game this year, so you never. Well, there know. you go, Vinny. Vinny just needs to go to every game now. That's all. Um, we'll see. Well, let's we'll get in touch with White Sox PR and see if we can make that happen. Uh, there you go. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's where all the benefits lie. You know, um, Vinny could make it happen. Uh, he just needs to shell out a little more. That's all I'm saying. He has that. <laughs> it rests in your hands, Vinny. You're right. I'll be there Saturday. Um, that's the second game back from the road trip. It was supposed to be Michael Kopech pitching. We'll see if that ends up being the case. Um, I would kind of call it unlikely at this point, but I don't know if that's going to be a spot start for Jimmy Lambert now or if they'll use Reynaldo Lopez. That's what I would do if I were in charge. I'm not, um, but we'll see. I like it. And, you know, we're going to keep things kind of quick and, and slap happy through the rest of the show. So we'll do very quick, light segments, even without the segment intros. But I do want to briefly talk about Tony La Russa. We don't have to have a 20, 30-minute conversation on it. But I think there's a lot of people, myself included, probably Vinny, that are a little upset, a lot upset, that the White Sox let Michael Kopech pitch today when he clearly wasn't right. And a big part of that falls on the manager. Does 100% of it fall on the manager? No, but I majority of it does, in my opinion. So, Vinny, I know you're strongly opinionated on this. I'll let you start talking about this decision. How can an organization let a guy take the mound when his warm-up pitches, he was grimacing, he wasn't, he was just all over the place? I, I just don't get it. Let me be very, very clear about something. I think each and every one of them is to blame for this. Tony gets the final call, so he'll shoulder it. But let me tell you something. Michael Kopech was bent over. I watched the game from beginning to end. I was as locked in as you could possibly be for a game today. He was bending over, grimacing in pain over this thing. And then he toughened up. He got it together. And then gets on the mound, starts throwing. He tells Tony, I'm good, I'm good. Every If you've ever played a sport in your life, you're going to tell the coach you're good. Otherwise, you're not, you don't have the fire it takes to be a major league player. You just don't. Kopech has the fire to be a major league player to a fault. Okay? I, I was stunned when he opted out of the 2020 season. He must have been really, really messed up. 
like with whatever was going on for that to be the case. And he's all hyper competitive, right? Okay, so then he starts pitching. His fastball topped out at 89-90. Michael Kopech topping out at 89-90. He has the highest potential for velocity of any pitcher in the White Sox uh, staff, maybe besides Liam Hendricks. Okay, his his velocity's down. So now you've got two points, two reasons to take him out. Grimacing in pain um, and velocity down. Okay, well, now the the command is off. He walked to the final batter he faced, walked on four straight pitches, and he threw a layup right over the plate to Salvador Perez. He hit it for a single. He's lucky he didn't hit it to Pluto. And Bobby Witt Jr., when that guy gets on base, he's stealing at least one. I mean, I've never – that is a weapon in Kansas City's lineup, but that's just a little side conversation. It was a crazy decision for me to see the manager and everyone. Ethan Katz. Where are you? You know these pitchers just as good as Tony, if not better. Rick Hahn. If I was Rick Hahn, I would have went down there and said, hey, Tony, hey, Ethan, get him out of there. Are you blind? What are you doing? He's so hurt. If your knee is hurt, Steve Stone was talking about it on the broadcast. If your knee is messed up, your landing knee, you can hurt your arm. Because you're trying to you're trying to put extra into it to get the velocity back. That's a good way to blow out your arm. They're lucky that if Michael Kopech pitches again this season, they're lucky that he didn't hurt himself further because of this. And not only did you endanger your second most important starter going forward, you endangered the baseball game when you're trailing a team that's not freaking playing today. Okay? You're down 4 nothing early. All of those runs were charged to Michael Kopech. All four of them to start off 4 nothing. Jimmy Lambert came in cold. You get unlimited warm-up pitches. You know that that's different than being a starting pitcher and go, or even a relief pitcher going in cold. And he locked it in after that and did fine the rest of the inning. Got the luckiest double play I've ever seen the White Sox turn to get out of the inning, only down four. And the White Sox offense actually showed some life today, of course, leaving runners in scoring position and whatnot. I think just the way today was handled was a disaster. I would give 60% of the blame to Tony LaRussa, and I would give 40% of the blame to Ethan Katz, the front office, anybody who can make a decision and get in Tony's ear and said, hey, Tony, you blind? What's going on over here? Why is he still in? Why are you even thinking about letting him pitch? When I saw him heaved over in pain, I was like, please take him out. I don't care. It's a bullpen day. Take him out now. And like earlier in the week, intentionally walked another guy with two strikes. Okay, lots of people come to that decision. Like it's not, I'm sure he talked about it, which I just, the in, oh, McEwing sending Grendahl and he ended up getting hurt. Grendahl's slower than all four of us. I believe each and every one of us on this panel can beat Grendahl in a race. And they send him from second with zero outs. And, and that's not Tony's problem, but it's a coaching problem. And the coaches are all under him. This is a poorly managed and coached team. Ethan Katz, I like Ethan Katz. Today, I think he messed up big time. But for the most part, I've liked what Ethan Katz has done. Every pitcher has moved forward except for Giolito, who is the one he's supposed to be closest to anyway. So I don't know. I just I hate what's going on with this whole thing. Um, but then again, they're still in it. They're still in the race. They're three games out, and they're playing the Baltimore Orioles, who I think they should be able to beat. We'll see if they do. Uh, I, I don't know. 
I, I, I want to believe in it and I want to see it. He finally today, I'll give him props for this seemed pissed off after a game. Yeah. Okay. That's the first time I've ever seen him like visibly angry about what happened in the game. Like, Oh no shoot, Tony. It's August 22nd. And you're finally realizing that something's wrong and this team needs something. Ah. I don't know. This division, this division is like a race between a sloth, a snail, and a turtle. It's like, you know, who, who the hell is going to win it? Well, you got two teams with copious amounts of talent, with mediocre head coaches, the White Sox and the Twins, and you got one team kind of lowly on talent right now, except for their pitching, and a great manager in the Cleveland Guardians. And that's just how I see it. That's why the race is as close as it is. It's entertaining as heck. I mean, there's no doubt that this team, even the White Sox, if you love them, you're probably more annoyed than entertained. But if you think about it critically, they are an entertaining baseball team. The storylines, there has been nothing short of storylines all season long. Tony is a polarizing figure inside their dugout, and I'm sure that's like good for them. People are always talking about the White Sox on Twitter.com and stuff like that, but I don't know. I just hope Michael Kopech is okay. Larusa can manage for the next ten years if Michael Kopech is okay. I'm being dead serious. I think he's that important. I just hope Michael Kopech is okay. Yeah, I, I agree. And and our, our resident Tony defenders, Gonzo, I'll give you a minute here, Gonzo. But I, I, I don't know. I think you might. I think you might be with us on this one. Uh, what do you think? I think um, when Vinny began saying it's everybody's fault that's where I stand in it. Um, I just feel Tony's in a lose-lose situation ultimately. I mean, first off, if you have any doubt with Michael, there's a reason why you would bring Martin up and pitch him today. Because you're already giving Kopech an innings limit down the stretch here. So let skip Michael in a rotation if you have to, if you have any doubt in him. Because he's already shown it this year. He's already had a procedure done on his knee. I don't know what happened in Texas two starts ago. And he only got through six when he was throwing a no-hitter. And you don't want to push him any further. So that was an organization move. It's just, that's frustrating. And then you, 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 for Tony, you're building trust with your pitchers, your starting pitchers, especially down the stretch. And that trust goes both ways. He's relying on the ultimate competitor and Kopech to know his body to the point where he can honestly tell him, you know, no, you know, for the better of the team, take me out of this. Or he's going to say, hey, coach, you know, I'm feeling good enough to get through here to get some outs for our team and the battle here. Because ultimately, you don't, you don't want to go to the bullpen game that early on, and you don't want to put your team in a losing situation either. Um, and it sounds like in his post-game conference, Tony believed in his pitcher, and I don't blame him because ultimately, like we said, Kopech's numbers look a lot better if the offense get, gave him run support throughout the season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a frustrating situation. And top this all off, all right, which, which pisses me off with Rick Hahn at the trade deadline. You know that one of your top pitchers is on an innings limit and you don't get another starting pitcher. To go down the stretch here, this is just – it frustrates me. And this is why, ultimately, I said, you know, the Sox would have to do a little bit more to fill holes for me to believe in them that much more in Sox-tober because I do believe they'll make it, but I don't – I believe maybe a second round for them. 
talent wise because there's a lot of holes in that roster. I would be stunned, but, but I guess you never but know. They didn't do anything. And it's to the point where it drives me nuts because this is a wasted opportunity and it's been that way since the offseason. Listen, guys, this is probably this this is probably a hot a hot take for me, but they didn't do anything at the trade deadline because they don't believe in this team. There's something going on in the clubhouse. I strongly Fair. believe that. They don't believe in this team. No one can say that in an interview. There's something, and I'm probably going to get chewed alive by White's, on White Sox Twitter, but there's something say, going Joe, on in this clubhouse. It's been this way since the offseason. Han believed in this roster that much, say championship vision. He didn't change anything. He added Graveman as an icing to the cake and filled it in with some money moves with Vasquez and Josh Harrison, which these aren't whole, you know, plug-in guys that are going to win your championship. I'm sorry. Well, I think we all just... knew the Harrison signing was going to be just like a, a stopgap, and we thought maybe he'd, be, he'd overperform, but he didn't. But it just screams to me that no one, including Rick Hahn or Jerry or anyone, or even Tony LaRusso for that matter, believes in this team. Do we you think... Know, I think we all... Go for it, Vinny. Do we think the lockout has anything to do with this? And I'm not giving I do. Pass. Trust me. No. I think Rick Hahn is at a stinky time. I think Tony LaRusso has been stinky. I think every coach except Ethan Katz has been stinky. I've tweeted it all, all season long. My thing is, the Texas Rangers spent half a billion dollars on two players. They have since fired their GM and their coach. Both of them are guys who would have fit the White Sox in multiple. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily needed Seager, but they needed another bat, Semyon. right? A bat like Seager and then a second baseman like Simeon. Half a billion dollars, Texas Rangers. They stink. They're in thousandth place in the league. And the Mariners, they added a bunch of talent. They had a slow start. Robbie Ray, they probably wouldn't even sign him if they could again. Like he's been their third but best pitcher. Seattle, so I don't know. I don't know. Seattle made that move for Robbie right before the lockout. And they got yeah. him for, a, a, I believe that's a bargain of a price to get him at. And they jumped at it. And that's the jump that I was hoping Han would do. Same. And that's let what me tell frustrates you, me. Let me tell you why the lockout affected this team. Rick Han's building this roster. He gets all these guys. There's a lockout. They, then, he, they, then he gets whatever moves he can. And then no one has been together. These guys have no chemistry. He, they all get together, and then they all realize, like, oh crap! Like, it, it, it's like you know, it's like pairing two polar opposites together. Like, the, the team just doesn't feel the same, the vibe wise. I mean, everything you need to know about this White Sox team is when with TA got announced to make the All Star team. I just think they're, back I just video. think they're, I just think they're complacent, and that's just hurting them right now. I think the team's a little pissed off. I think they're a little pissed off at upper management because it's been so mismanaged from top to bottom for the last two and a half years. You know, that for Rick Hahn to go out and say, like, this is a championship team, and for them to be able to look at, look at him dead in the eye and go, look, MF, you said that last year too, and we got booted in the first round. Give us something. Give us anything. You know, and then to sit there and watch the White Sox be at the table, you know, a dozen and a half times over the course of these two and a half years where we're seeing 
you know, and, and, and I mean, it does go back further than this because the White Sox were supposedly at the table for Shohei Otani when he came over from Japan. They were at the table last season before the trade deadline for uh, Trevor Story, you know, who they also could have signed in free agency and elected not to. And then he was been tearing it up for the Red Sox this season. Um, at least he was early on in the year. I don't keep up with the Red Sox much, to be frank with you. But, you know, you see Trevor Simeon, a guy who was in this organization, who they Marcus. let go. They had an opportunity to rectify that and bring him back and really fill a position of need with a good player. And they signed Josh Harrison. And look, Jay Hayes fun. He's a good dude. But, I mean, really look at the way that the team interacts with each other. Look at the way that they talk to each other on a day-to-day basis. They're not excited. How, they don't care. You, you want to know how Zim's knows? You know he's from Colorado because he said Trevor Simeon. Who is the Bears' backup now? Yeah, my bad. My bad. It's Marcus you Simeon. Got you're football right. Football brain because this team stinks. I got yeah, football I brain real hard this season. Here's the thing. Last season, I was like, yeah, I'll watch some Justin Fields. We'll see what happens. Like the White Sox are going to make the World Series though, so that's what I'm going to be watching this fall. This season, I'm like, man. When when is the first game? When is the first real meaningful Bears game? I sat the there Bears. and watched the preseason game last Thursday night, like like my life depended on it. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm so up. done with White Sox baseball at this point in the year. You know, well, me- I, you guys you guys talk about this being a tight division and like that being a good thing. The reason this division's tight is because nobody's good. They all stink. They all <laughs> this stink. is a terrible division. Where, this is this is the AFC South of the of the major league baseball. Like this is it's true. awful. The Bears are going to make you appreciate the White Sox. So even, oh, they they up, even if they do end up coming in third, like White you want to talk about mismanaged franchises from top to bottom. All right, I could go on a whole thing about that organization right now, but um. Let's see. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. It's just, it's been so mismanaged from top to bottom between Han building the roster, between Tony managing the day to day of it, between Ethan Katz paying attention to his pitching staff and putting them where they need to be and telling them what to do. Like, yeah, he's helped them a lot. But like at the same time, there's been a lot of mismanaged injuries that you feel like Ethan Katz probably should have paid attention to. You know, the hitting coach, uh, Frank Menachino. he he he's been preaching something the last two years that hasn't been working. The White Sox probably lead the league in singles, and I don't know the last time they hit a home run. I mean, seven Chuck, games. Chuck Garfine had a great tweet today. Uh, you know, the White Sox should hold a, a promotional singles night. They're so good at it. So it's just, and and uh, yeah. you know, it goes further. I mean, our third base coach, uh, uh, McEwing. Ewing, McEwing, Ewing, McEwing, yeah. McEwing. He's statistically the worst third base coach in baseball this season. And it's not close. It's not close. No, I think my, I think my beer league softball team does a better job of knowing when to send guys home. (laughs) Albert Pujols has six home runs in the last seven games. The White White Sox Sox have have none. One. 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 Oh right, wasn't it? Len- no, it wasn't Sosa. It was uh, no Lenny- somebody that you don't expect to hit one. Uh, I'm trying to think of Moncada. Yes, it was Yoan Moncada. Correct. Yeah. Which 
there's a whole other issue. Why do I say we don't expect him to hit home runs? Yoan Moncada should be mashing. I think maybe the worst thing that happened to that dude is he got traded from, uh, oh my God, Fenway. Boston. Boston. Why did my brain just do that? I because I tried him to last week and he went on a tear. So keep it up, Yoan. I'm going to keep well, saying you suck until you. <laughs> He's been is one he... of the most productive hitters the last two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when I tore him a new one and then he like won the game. Then He won the next yeah. two games for them. He had the game winning RBI the next two games after our last show. And I was like, man, I need to talk crap about more guys. Who's next? Eloy, you suck too, even though you were probably their best hitter in the last week. Uh, Vaughn, quit grounding in the double plays, Andrew Vaughn. Get back to being the Andrew Vaughn that we know. You suck too. Let's go. The V and MVP should stand for Vaughn, but you know. Um, MVP. No, Larry's. Larry Golden's absolutely right here in the chat. What happened to Moncada? Am I wrong for him being different since COVID? No, literally since the COVID season, since he caught COVID, he's been an entirely different player. Um, I'm, I'm going to start one of those uh, online conspiracies that, you know, he, he died and they replaced him with a body double, just like Avril Lavigne and Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I just think it's also your Frank Minichino got hired. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like Not a lot of this season has been mental for him because he's, Fundamentally, he's tacked as a hitter. I, I just think it's a, a, a mental it's, mind. It's a, mind it's a mental for right the now. whole team. It's been mental yeah. for the whole team. You know, the pitcher's mentalities have gone up while the hitter's mentalities have gone down for the last two years. You can you can turn on the games and, and see that happening. I mean, you know, uh, Larry also made a comment about needing Timmy back. Why do we need Timmy back, man? He looked as disinterested as I've ever seen him in the last few weeks. I think that him getting injured is actually the best thing that could have happened because now he's going to come back fired up. At least I hope so. He looked like he was not excited that's to be there, not excited to play. That's if he comes back by yeah, the end of the season. That's very, very true, Gonzo. But Now, with Mankata, granted it is digression, but last season, I mean, up to the All-Star Balding, I mean, he was up there with third baseman still with the numbers he was putting up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just think Mankata needs a full off season because like the last two off seasons have been rushed when you're that young in your career, you need to learn how to handle yourself in the off seasons and well, get yourself to that level. Let's so, be honest. I think we all know what Mankata really needs. He needs <laughs> another hit single. I don't know. Like, honestly, like dead serious. It seems like since that happened, he's been worse. Like, I kind of feel like he needs to take a step back. Like Gonzo's saying, evaluate what these off seasons are for. They're not for recording pop singles. They're for working on your swing. So you can record an average above 230 next season. He had an underrated season in 2021, though, in my opinion. He was so did the whole half roster. He was a four and a half win player last year he was a top 10 third baseman in war last year and because he wasn't top three people crapped on him because he was the number one prospect in all of baseball and traded for chris sale and he's supposed to be the best player on the team but really he's like the fifth best player on the team or the sixth best player on the team and then this year he started hurt they haven't i agree with you guys he needs to be better i just i like everyone was ripping on mancata last year we would all sign up for that mancata to be on this team right now yes i will still say though if Yoan Moncada and Michael Kopech 
retired tomorrow said, I'm done playing baseball. The White Sox still won that Chris Sale trade the way he's been the last few years. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. Boston won but, it because they got a World Series. Yeah. He, was, he, had a, he had a win and a save in the World Series, too. That's, that's great. I, I think that team them. was so good that a lot of other pitchers could have done that. Do you remember who he struck out to win the World Series? It's poetry. It's poetry. Mark Walter. No, I genuinely I don't remember that World Series at all. It was so forgettable. It wasn't he, Bellinger, was it? No, he struck out Manny Machado, who oh. then went into play free agency and tickled the White Sox, you know where. Yeah. Until yeah, yeah. he, you know, didn't sign with them. Again, another situation of the Sox being at the table. Ooh. Good job, Han. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I will give them that. They offered him 300 mil. Hey, they offered him good mil. money. They with, signed his brother-in-law like they did everything they could. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he was on this team, though, I think he would be someone's pick to click regularly, don't you think? I do. and What a great segue, Vinny. Man, I like it. I like it. Let's get to the pick to click because we're not going to do White Sox weekly. You know, we're on, on jet speed for this show today because, yeah, I know. I'm sniffling. Sorry whoever's making fun of me. No, no, uh, I'm sniffling because I was hoping for White Sox Weekly. All right, I'm going to go ahead. You could – who are we playing this week? You could tell me in, in two minutes or less. All right, we're playing the Baltimore. We had one game with KC today, three games versus Baltimore at Baltimore, and three games in Chicago versus Arizona. Want me to do pitching matchups too? If you could get it in in a minute and 45 seconds, yeah. All right. That's tough, but all right. Uh, Cease and Voth tomorrow for game one. Game two, G. Lito Watkins. Game three is going to be Lynn and Lyles. Saturday's a toss-up. I'm going to go Martin. Or sorry, Saturday, Friday is going to be Cueto and Henry. It's going to be Saturday Bumgarner versus probably Martin, if I had to guess. And then I believe Cease is going to go at it versus Kelly on Sunday. There you go. How did I do? Oh, dude, that's pretty good. Look, you did it in 30 seconds. Congratulations. Awesome. And I'm, I'm by no means just – I'm just having fun, having fun with it. Did it. You did the whole thing in like a minute, man. That's crazy. You think Kopech will be back for that start, Gonzo? At this point, just skip him in the rotation, let him recover. Come back strong because I think next week, next week is more important. I haven't looked at the points next week, but I want him healthy and back. You know, without any soreness, I wouldn't risk it. With how important I'm, he would I'm, be down the stretch, I am in full agreement with you. And and you also happen to win another pick to click because you had our buddy Dylan Cease who had a very nice week. He continues to just. Um, oh, what? I'm gonna add. We have the twins next weekend, so I, I want Michael healthy for that at least. So skip him, please, for against Arizona. I don't care him going up against Bumgarner. Just have him healthy. For the for Arizona sure, game, they should just run a promotion where they pick a random fan out of the stands and let them start the game because, I mean, they got just as good of a chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> Although I – Okay, so Gonzo won this week. Before we get to our picks, I do have to point out that this Friday is arguably the greatest promotional night in the history of sports, especially on the south side of Chicago. 
you don't know what I'm talking about, you're crazy because let's see if did it actually show up on the screen or not? Oh my god, Elvis did they night. sign Elvis Andrews just for Elvis night? Do you know when his birthday is? It's also Elvis' when? birthday. No, his birthday is Friday. Elvis night at Wait, are you Day serious? Day. I swear to God. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Elvis Andrus's birthday is Friday, and Elvis Night at Guaranteed Rate Field has been planned long before Elvis Andrus was even in consideration to be caught by the A's, let alone signed by the White Sox. It was meant to be. That's crazy. It was meant to be. How can you not be romantic about baseball, guys? I swear he <laughs> better play the entire game in giant rhinestone sunglasses. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's it's the best it's the best promo night ever. If you're going to the game, send pictures. We'll probably end up talking about Elvis Night next week because I'm sure there's going to be some awesome photos. If you remember, our guest Ryan Lee, who was on the show, said he was probably going to be wearing an Elvis jumpsuit for for the game. So I need to we need some photos. Absolutely. And I was going somewhere else with it, but I totally lost it. But it's okay. Um, I don't know. It's gone. But don't have fun at Elvis night because it's unbelievable. Um, I wish I'm jealous. I wish I could go. But click the click. Sorry, that's where I was going. <laughs> so Gonzo's far and above in the lead. So we'll let you go first, sir. Who are you going with this week? Um, I'm going to run it back here with Delancey's again because it's looking like another two starts this week. Um, going up against Baltimore and to finish it up against Arizona, which I think that's going to be a hot matchup. Merrill Kelly, unbelievable right-hander that Arizona has. I would have loved to see him uh, in a possible trade coming back here. Maybe this offseason, who knows. Um, but that's going to be awesome to see Dylan get two starts. Um, to, he, he, his, his ERA just went above uh, two. So I would like to see it go back under two um, with two starts this week versus two teams that he should have a good shot at shutting down. So, And that's what the Sox need. Sox need at least two wins this week at the very least with probabilities um, to get back into it again here. So Dylan Cease is my pick to click. And while we have it, baseball tossed in the chat wants to know over or under 10 Ks for Cease tomorrow. That's a high number, boys. That's a very high number. Like the under. What did he have? Uh, did he pitched against Baltimore last time, right? I gotta go look. Did he have eight? I'll, I'll look, I'll look against Baltimore, I go under only because Baltimore's bats have been hot just all season. That you want to talk about a hitting coach who knows what he's doing? Whoever they got. The thing is, he could throw fifteen, but like getting ten is like so rare. There's a reason, like they blow a gasket every single time he does do it and he's done it a couple times he's got he's had 11 12 i think there was a game with 13 but like he most had, of the time oh it's, gosh he had 13 strikeouts for his baltimore seven innings on june 26th wow okay so and it's been long enough where they're gonna have the, the, <laughs> and he had he had one walk and 13 strikeouts only allowing four hits man they're a different gone. team now though Mancini's no, gone. they were hot. They were hot when yeah. Dylan went up against them. That was the one though they won. That, um, going into they, that series, we were like, I know, like 
I was worried because they were getting hot, and I forgot who they swept. I think it was the A's. They swept the A's, and they had a stretch going into that where they were getting going. Adley Rushman is one of the best players in the league. He might be the best catcher in the league right now as a rookie. I mean, I don't know if I would take a different catcher. Like Wilson Contreras, Will Smith, uh, William Contreras. I mean, some of these guys are outstanding. Used to say that about Grandal, not anymore. But like Adley Rushman, he's outstanding. The real deal, and for sure. he's a different hitter than he was when the White Sox faced him. The White Sox were one of the first teams to face him. And Mancini's gone. So I don't know. That's very hard. Ten is a lot. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's it's a tough call, but we know Cease is a great pick. So good job, Gonzo. Um, so let's move on with the pick to click. Vinny, why don't you go next? Who are you going to go with? I'm going to take Jose Abreu. Who's going to take Elvis? Well, I was going to say uh, since it looks like Joe froze there for a sec, but yeah, Did you get I, any I'm of that. It. No, we got none of that. I was saying, Vinny, who are you taking for your pick to click? Oh, yeah, and I gave my answer. Jose Abreu. <laughs> did you really? I missed all that in like 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And then sure Zim, did. Started, well, Zim started saying something about like, – Gonzo uh, asked who was going to take oh, uh, yeah. take Elvis, and uh, I was about literally about to say, I'm going to take Elvis. Like literally, Gonzo's going to win because he's got Cease, and Cease has two starts, and like that – that's how it's been this season. If Cease has two starts in a week and you pick him for pick to click, he's won. That's how I got two of my three wins, I think, on the season. Like that's just all right. So you're really well, taking you're really taking Elvis. I like it. No, straight up. I think he hasn't he learned. He doesn't know better yet. All right. He's still going to play hard this week. He's still going to think that this team could win something by, you know, give it another two, three weeks. He'll learn. He'll figure it out. This team's crap. I don't want to be here. Like there's something weird going on, but. Do you hear what he said today? <laughs> no. He said, what he, said. he said today we are winning this race. Well, he good has, for him. He has that fire. He does. Good, good, good. The I'm happy for him. The fire came late in the season. Cueto and Andrew. Yes. And again, in time, they will learn that this team is not on a good path or trajectory. I think Elvis had, what, three (laughs) ribbies to start today? He did. He did. He he almost loved to come back today single-handed. Two of the three were so lucky. (laughs) But, I mean, you put the ball in play and lucky stuff happens. Could I answer this? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good question. Um, This is on the – well – Earlier, I was hoping for, real, but now real quick, I think, for those of you for those of you yeah. listening, it's the question in the chat room is: if you were to give Still and Cease an extension, what would you give him? And my answer for hopefully Rick Hahn is: you're going to let arbitration hit, but you got you got to let Dylan prove himself for a second year at the very least, because all Rick Hahn has done is paid guys for one year at the you know extensions at least. So let Cease pay it and give him as much as he wants because he's going to deserve it. He's a I, but, but I can however, confidently say, go ahead. I do want to add, you also want to give him one more year because you know that with how amazing his slider is, he's going to have to make adjustments off that slider and go with another pitch that has equivalent filthiness with the metrics. Because um, guys are going to be like the, what the Astros were doing. They were allowing Dylan to go at them with the slider, but they were relying on that fastball because they know that, Fastball and sliders, what he's throwing, and he hasn't been throwing 
enough of the curveball and changeup. So Cease needs to make that adjustment if he wants to become elite and start throwing that changeup more. Because um, the curveball is great as it is, but you need an, another pitch, off-speed pitch, to really become elite. I will I guarantee it. that if you sign him to a long-term contract, he will be terrible. But if you let him play out one more year, he will leave and be great somewhere else. <laughs> it is just what happens to the White Sox, it feels like. I don't know. I really want to see them lock him down. Personally, I'd, I'd hand him a blank check and say, this is a lifetime deal, so pick your number. That's what I would do with him. But It's easy to I say that, that, though, after this give season. Him the check, give him the check next year. Say, here's the blank check. Take it. People think the White Sox have a bad relationship with Scott Boris. It's becoming more and more untrue as time goes on. They signed Dallas yes. Keuchel. They signed Elvis Andrus. Um, they have a couple other Boris clients on their roster currently. Um, Cease signed with him midseason this year. Um, if they do end up, which I do think this is possible, I'm not sure if I like it or not. Um, it's confirmed to me that Michael Conforto cannot play the outfield the rest of the season with whatever team he signs with. It would strictly be a designated hitter role. If he's a Boris client. If they sign with him, I'll be even more sure that they don't hate each other anymore, Boris and the White Sox. Um, if I'm Dylan Cease, I know I'm going to get a lot of money with him as my agent in this season that I've had. So it's going to be a lucrative deal no matter who it is with. Now, to go off the numbers here to really completely answer that question, Vinny, can you look this up for me? What was Robbie Ray's agent this for that he had this offseason? Oh, I can absolutely look Because he that. got $25 million. If you saw the numbers he put up the last few seasons, if Dylan ends up getting Cy Young or in the run for Cy Young like he's at right now with Verlander, I think the value is going to be probably at least $25 million then um, going at, yeah. off of what Robbie Ray got. Um, the question, I, th- so. I don't think the question is about dollars. I think it's more about length, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be about whether you trust him to go another 10 years or whether you give him a shorter deal because he's a pitcher. And the crazy part about you this give is him- we weren't, we weren't going to give Zach Wheeler <laughs> what the eighteen million I think it was, but Vinny could probably chime in there too. But we were um, in the at the table with him. But <laughs> VC yeah. Sportsbook or VC Sports Group represents Robbie Ray. Um, Wheeler was coming to Chicago until his wife demanded they go to the East Coast. Right. What was the money right. on again for? Do you remember what the for Robbie Ray? What, no, do you do you remember the rumor that the Sox were at with Wheeler? Oh no, it was in it was in a similar ballpark to Robbie Ray, though I would imagine. Yeah. And to go off this next question of also should we let Gio walk because he's been dog recently? I feel like me and my uh, partner to the other side of me, Jesus, I can't even point at Vinny right now. Um, me and him will probably go back and forth on that this off season. I think it just ultimately depends on what's what pitcher value is there this offseason of um, guys available. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll answer that this offseason for sure. I agree with you. It depends if they offer him something amazing. Yes, go for it. He did not have a good year. He's trending down. If you're not going to get something of good value for him, then I say you allow him to try and fix the stuff. I really. Let's just say this. If Clayton Kershaw is there, okay, because he's on a one-year deal with the Dodgers and 
they gave him 18 million to stay last offseason. If you can get similar value for Kershaw, I would go all at it for him. Well, I like it. I like it, Gonzo. Uh, you know, I, I forgot to put my pick to click in. Uh, I put it on the screen. And I totally, I totally whiff. But I'm. You guys went with all your dudes. I'm. I'm gonna go with Andrew Vaughn. I feel like I'm gonna get back on the bus and see what he does this week to bring us to the promised land. A uh, big, big, big series coming up. So, I hope on. whatever he does is from the DH spot and not the right field spot. That's all. I hope so. Although I would I would love to see Jake Berger come back, so hopefully that happens too soon. He has been raking in the minors. He's raking. He's raking. Bring him up, please. Yeah. Yeah. If we were, I, I could talk about the I am more excited about the farm system right now than I am about the major league team. <laughs> that I think sure. that they should bring up Jake Berger and people. Where is he going to play? They have first baseman playing right field and left field on a daily basis anyway. What do you care where he plays? They can't score. Put Jake Berger in right field. It can't okay. be worse than Gavin Cheats or Andrew Vaughn. Right, put him behind the plate no at this point, man. Jake like, Berger's who cares? Than both of them. Put him oh, it makes me so base. angry when people talk about Jake Berger's position. Who cares? Let him pitch. <laughs> I feel the same way. This is. Everyone saying baseball toss in September. Well, I would. I wish he would be up before then, but he should. He deserves there. to be. He's up before asking then. about Colas. Does he get called up in September? Colas, no. Colas, no. He's not. He's not going to no. be a forty-man guy until the off-season. I. He is I part of Project it, Birmingham right now. Yep, Developed it before today. Yeah, today they. They literally. Opinion. They. The White Sox have a. a, a little thing happening right now. I don't know if it's within the organization or just the fans calling it project Birmingham, but it is a real thing that's happening where they are putting a lot of prospects up at double a right now and just letting them do their thing. And it's going to be awesome because they're going to own that, that league for, you know, the rest of the year here, their, their Arizona fall league team is going to represent, I think. Um, and, and, Next spring training is where we're going to get our first look at some of these guys. You're going to get to see Colas against Lennon Sosa, you know, head to head. You're going to get to see Colson Montgomery and whether he's actually going to be that dude like he looks like he's going to be. And you're going to get to see, um, man, I can't even think of the pitchers right now, but I know they've got a handful of those guys. Varga. Yeah. Varga, yeah, yeah. But that's how it should be. Like yeah. a lot of these guys progress naturally in your organization. Don't rush them. Don't waste options. Yeah. Play it smart. Yep. And I believe Chris Getz did use the term project uh, Birmingham and the AAA okay. team will stay as is. And all the top prospects on high A and low A were promoted to double A and they're all going to play for the Birmingham Barons. The reason for that yeah. is solely because of the Arizona Fall League. Players have to register X number of at-bats at double A or higher in order to qualify for that. So this is them getting these guys ready, um, particularly the guys that are good but won't be on the 40-man. Um, strictly also, so that, yeah. To go with uh, Carlos Perez, who just came up to the Sox, I'm – I'm kind of excited to see what he can offer at the catching yeah. position. Um, I think we're, we're starting to see an, um, really Sebi start to come back to earth here. So yes. I'm, I'm excited to see what Perez has to offer. The Sox have a much better farm system than people want to give them credit for. And I think we're going to see a lot of that 
Uh, you know, if you don't actively pay attention to the minors, you won't see it until spring training next year. But come spring training next year, um, there's going to be a lot of young names to be excited about for sure. Perez, ultimately, I really thought I, I brought up, I think, our first show this season, but I really thought he was going to beat out Collins for a roster mm-hmm. spot with how high Tony was talking about Perez in spring training. He had a very good um, spring training. He's he's definitely better than Zavala defensively. Um, not that that's a very high bar, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think this team misses with the loss of Reese McGuire is there's not consistency behind the plate all of a sudden again. Um, and I do think that is affecting some of these pitchers. And, you know, we talk about guys like Giolito and, and uh, uh, Jared Kelly's another one who's had kind of a weird season. Um, the closer Liam Hendricks started off really slow and then picked up, um, but he's gotten more consistency at the end of games where, you know, Zavala has been coming in and relief a lot if he doesn't start the game. So at any rate, um, you know, that's about where I am with this team right now. I'm looking forward to next season already because frankly, uh-huh. <laughs> frankly, even if, uh, even if they do finish the season strong, uh, I do not see a world series title in Chicago this season. Well, I think uh, it's a really nice optimistic way to end the show talking about the miners and the, in the farm system, because everyone's real excited about those guys. And if the major league guys excite us in the meantime, that's great. But otherwise, you know, we have a lot to look forward to. So uh, I know for one, I'm looking forward to seeing Colas and a lot of those guys next season, at least in some capacity, whether it's in spring training or as a September call-up, whatever. But very exciting oh. times. And a quick note on Colas, as long as you mention him specifically, um, people should not expect him to be a Shohei Otani. Uh, we've no, he's already not discussed this he's before. We've discussed it before. I'm mentioning it again. I'm probably going to say it at every chance we get because uh, he was advertised as one thing and he is very much something else. He is not a pitcher. He is a position player. He's got a beautiful swing, I might add. Sure Looking does. forward to seeing that in guaranteed rate field here in the not too distant future. But on that note, boys, we've had a dynamite show a little outside of our usual format, but we had great conversation We've reached the shout-out portion of our show before we get out of here. So, Gonzo, we can start with you. What do you got for shout-outs, buddy? Um, in a hectic past week of mine, I got to shout-out uh, my family uh, and my very close friends for helping me go- get through a uh, tough part of my life mentally. Um, but I'm also going to shout-out uh, my girlfriend, Soraya. We've had a tough uh, past two weeks. Um, some big things happened on her side of life. Um that ultimately impacted us uh, together. But um, at the moment, we're going to take a break. But ultimately, I do believe it's for the best of us. Um, and probably something we're going to come back to in the next couple of months here. Um, and I think it will be the best for uh, the both of us um, in our future together. Um, still something in progress here. Um, but... Yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic week for me, and uh, I'm just glad I can rely on everyone backing me and uh, being there for me, and that includes the three of you and um, everybody else in the chat listening. That some of you have reached out to me, and I do appreciate everybody tuning in and 
everyone that listens to us. Props, buddy. We're, we're here for you, man. With anything you need and, you know, glad we at least have some therapy for you, some white socks therapy to, to help mend the gap a little bit. So, uh, shout out to you, brother. Zim, what do you got for shout outs, bud? A shout out to, uh, Foothills, uh, what the what the heck division am I in? D or rec league D, I think it is. Whatever the lowest division is. <laughs> Shout out to the guys in that for a great season. Uh, not everybody can be as good as my team who wound up being the champions. Uh, much to the chagrin of the other team. Uh, we we did sort of win the league on a technicality, but you know what? It was awesome. We won regardless. We uh, we wiped the floor with them, and they didn't take too kindly to it. So. <laughs> Shout out to my teammates and uh, and the league, and I'll see you all again in a couple weeks for the fall season. Uh, in addition to that, just uh, shout out, shout out, shout out, everybody in chat, you guys here. It's it's been a fun season. Uh, I know we're closing in, and I'm getting more and more pessimistic as we close towards the end of the season. But yeah, <laughs> at least at least we do have our White Sox therapy, right? Even if it is the reason we need therapy to begin with. <laughs> that's right so yeah good call there zim Vinny parisi what do you got buddy um i got my typical shout outs of course my girlfriend katie my mom my dad my brother joey um of course katie's parents mr and mrs henley i love you guys big shout out to you as well her sister megan i love all of you those are the most important people in my life and i want to give an extra special shout out this week as well to frankie mueller last week frankie mueller and i interviewed the voice of the seattle mariners on our on Crosstown Crosstalk last week, he was a guest host with me, and me and him have been putting on a pretty good production during the day here at the Barroom Network between the hockey and the baseball show. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Frank Mueller this week. Got some big episodes of Big Brother to discuss later as we move along. Thank you for helping me out. Great stuff, Finn. Always, man. Always, always, and that was a great and, interview. Hey, Joe, just real quick before, uh, before you go through your shout-outs, I do want to give one last round to uh, – to all the teachers out there who uh, have gone back to school this week, you know, students and teachers alike, students, yeah. you know, good luck. Teachers, I don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> absolutely, you know, I uh, uh, hope everybody has a great school year. It's it's not easy to go back after a long summer off. And uh, I really do appreciate the things that all of our teachers do for all of our students, children, and adults alike. Well said, buddy. Props to all the teachers out there. Uh, definitely not recognized enough for all the work that they do and especially dealing with kids all across the world. You got to have the patience of a saint. So God bless you all teachers back to school. And I'm not talking about the Rodney Dangerfield version, but that's a good movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, but getting to my section of the, the shout outs, uh, you know, this is a big week for me. Uh, you know, I, I finally am hundred percent moved out of my home. In Illinois, we finished that yesterday, a little bit of an emotional thing. So massive shout out to, to my beautiful wife, Catherine, and our baby girl, Audrey, and our dog, Maverick, uh, just for making great memories there. And there's going to be many more made out here in Michigan. We close on our new home in St. Joe, Michigan, at the end of the month. Uh, I'm sorry, end of September, not end of this month. So shout out to them. Uh, shout out to everyone that helped us move, whether it's my in-laws, you know, my godparents, uh, my mom, you know, especially, you know, my wife, any, any of her brothers, anyone that was able to help in any form or capacity. 
a massive shout out because we did it with ourselves. We did U-Hauls, we did loads back and forth, we put miles on, and we we got it done without having to have movers do it. So um, we do it all again when it's time to go into the house. But at least for now, I've got a place to stay with the in-laws. So shout out to them for that as well. And um, shout out to you guys for lifting a, a bigger part of the load in terms of this show because I've been very busy with other things in my life. So I appreciate you guys doing that. And props to you, Vinny, and doing Put On Your Socks. I've been relying on you a lot lately to to post a video yourself and, and all that. And it means a lot. I appreciate it helping me out because it's been a absolute pandemonium. And I'm very much looking forward to going upstairs and hitting that pillow and going to sleep because it's been a heck of a four days, man. <laughs> but, uh, shout out to all you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys always. And uh, especially everyone in the chat room. Uh, I saw Swanky in there. It's been a hot minute since I saw Swanky in the chat room. So special shout out to Swanky who, uh, fantasy football goons gonna be back next week as well, boys. So, fantasy talks coming your way. Football season's close. I can see Zim, you know, chomping on the bit over there. He's like a mouse with cheese. Look at him smile. Uh, here comes football. Uh, Gonzo's putting up a finger. What do you got, bud? Yeah, that reminds me. Um, on episode four of Raised Juke Joint podcast, I guess that they confirmed that there's invites being sent out soon, and for our representation. I know we were called out on it, and I know you answered the bell, Joe, but we're going to have to figure out the details on how we're going to represent ourselves on that little call out of theirs to for the fancy football challenge. So that will be fun, I'm sure. So it'll be yeah. good. Yeah, we'll definitely have our own team, whatever, whether it's a communal team or uh, whatever, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, looking forward to that as well. Uh, shout out to Ray. We'll – We'll dab more on it. We'll, we'll touch more on it in the future, but uh, we're not going to play the video right this second. Well, yeah, maybe we will. I don't know. Do you still have it, Zim? Yeah, it should be uh, uploaded into... Okay, I, I see it. Here. So yeah. so shout out, to, real quick, well, shout out to Ray the Barber, who was uh, featured as the hero of the game at the White Sox game last week. And check out the video. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. Look at that. I mean, shout out to Ray. I mean, I think the Hero of the Game segment is my favorite favorite part of the game. He's just an overall good dude that I'm proud to have a connection with on White Sox Twitter, you know. Yeah, I, I stand by that. So massive shout out to Ray and Ray's juke joint and, and, you know, everything going on with that space. It's totally cool. And uh, we're looking forward to the fantasy league and a shout out to you for serving our country. I know we talked about it when you were on the show with us, but uh, it's, it's, you know, deserves all the respect in the world as well as uh, his barber skills are out of this world too. We saw that on Instagram and his teaching and, um, I mean, look at his beard. I mean, dude is barber TNT. It's always looking fly. So great job. Great job, Ray. And, and we appreciate your massive shout out, man. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that because, you know, that's just awesome. So props to you, Ray. And, and that's all I got, boys. Uh, it was a heck of a fun show. We kind of wung it today and, and just kind of spitballed. We were going to shoot for an hour. We went an hour and 40. That's that's kind of how things go around here. But ton of fun. Um 
Let's get some W's. Hopefully we can turn things around. For the South Burbs Hitman, I'm Joe Mandel. The guy in the Death Star is Steven Zim Zimmerman. Vinny Parisi is in his pinstripes tonight, and Christopher Gonzalez is in the Batcave. So we will catch you guys next week. As always, let's go White Sox. Let's win some games. And uh, hopefully we're in better shape next week, and we're in first place in this division. Let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox.